We're all perfecting the love walk in this place. The Bible says, Whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected or developed. And so if you want to cultivate and develop in any area in the Bible, you need to keep it before your eyes, keep it in your heart, and be declaring faith-filled words over your life concerning walking in the love of God. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13... And we look at verses 4 through 8 in the Amplified Version. If anyone has an Amplified, you could help me with that. And uh, we'll, uh, I'll lead you. Say it with me. I am due long and I am patient and kind. I am never envious nor boil over with jealousy. I do not display myself haughtily. Next verse. I am not conceited, conceited. arrogant, or inflated with pride. This love on the inside of me does not insist on its own rights or its own way. I'm not selfish. I'm loving. I'm not touchy, fretful, or resentful. I am not an accountant. I take no account of the evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Verse 6. I do not rejoice in injustice or unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. Verse 7. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. I'm ever ready to believe the best of every person. My hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And I endure everything without weakening. This love on the inside of me never fails. I flow in the love of God. I imitate love. I walk in love. I am a tender-hearted, kind, forgiving person. Now let's raise our hands and thank, uh, thank the Lord because it's true. Thank you, Father, for heaven's help. Heaven's help to enable us to walk in the love of God. And as we approach your word this morning, we approach it reverently. We approach it with a sense of awe. We thank you, Lord, of all of the wonderful gifts that you've bestowed upon us because that you love us so much. And Lord, we open up our hearts to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. We honor you today and we love you, Lord, and give you praise for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated and I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 1. And verse 17, we're doing a series called Love Matters because love does matter. And there are several matters concerning love that we want to be discussing. Amen? And uh, so this morning we're going to be taking a little bit of a diversion uh, from the mainstream, but it, 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 it is very much in line with the love of God. The Bible says that God is love. Because God is love, we can refer to, when we see the name God, we can say love. Say it with me. Love Love is love. love. God is love. love. And love loves me. me. 
So the subtitle in part two of our series would be called Love's Gifts to Us. Love's Gifts to Us. In the book of James in chapter one, and notice with me in verse 17, and I'm going to look it up so my eyes can rest upon it. The book of James chapter one, verse 17. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Now, He is pure light. He is pure life. And He is pure love. Another way to say it would be is he is absolute life, no death in him at all. He is absolute light, no darkness in him at all. And he is absolute love, no strife, no bitterness, no anger, no resentment, nothing of the enemy in him at all because he is absolute pure love. Amen. And from this understanding that he is the father of lights, he sends good and perfect gifts. A perfect gift is something where there is no imperfection. He gives flawless gifts. He continuously gives good gifts to his children. Every good gift, every God gift, every love gift is from above. It's from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, the Father of love, With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He does not change his mind concerning the perfection of his absolute perfect gifts. He does not say, well, I'm going to give Ed a perfect gift, but I'm going to give Joe an okay gift. (laughs) God's gifts are perfect and they are for all of his people. All of his people. Red and yellow, black and white. We can all receive perfect gifts from the Father of light. Amen? Now, I looked the word gift up, and uh, let me define that for you this morning. The word gift is something given voluntarily without payment in return. In other words, it's free. Love gave himself freely voluntarily, without payment in return. As to show favor towards someone. These good gifts, these perfect gifts, not only show his love for you, but they show his attitude, his disposition, and his gracious favor toward your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, 
for good gifts. Amen. So let's talk a little while this morning about just some of love's gifts. Well, the first gift is the gift of God that he spoke to the woman at the well of Samaria. He said, the gift of God. Ephesians says it like this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the what? It is the gift of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. The perfect gift came from heaven and became sin for you and for me. The perfect gift. The flawless gift. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, I want to look at that verse. Romans chapter 6. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, it is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is a perfect gift. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is the Zoe, God kind, and God quality of life. I've come that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. I've come that you might not only have the God quantity of life, but that you might have the God quality of life. That's a perfect gift. The life of God is a gift of God. Hallelujah. Never take the life of God for granted. Because it's only in Him that we can live and move and have our being. Now go over to John chapter 14. Uh, I'm moving too quick. Look at Romans 5, verse 17. Don't want to move too quick. Romans, the fifth chapter, and the 17th verse. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's speaking of Adam, much more. How much more? Much more. Much, much, much more. Mucho más. Now notice, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of what? Here's another gift. It's a perfect gift. It's not something that you attain to. It's not something that you earn. It is something that has been voluntarily given because God favors you so much that he gave you, when you received abundance of grace at salvation, the free gift of right standing with God. Right standing with God. 
the ability to stand in his presence as if sin never existed before without, without a sense of guilt, inferiority, or insecurity in any way, fashion, or form. That is something to be happy about. It is a free gift. Your giving, your works, your service is all awesome, but it doesn't qualify you for this free gift. It's a perfect gift. Now, I wrote the word receive down. The word receive, now you'll, you'll notice in that verse, it's not up there anymore, but it says, they which receive abundance of grace. Everyone say receive. receive. So a gift needs to be Amen? A gift can be offered, but a gift that is not received is as good as not having the gift in your possession. Amen? For example, if I was to say, okay, Joe, I've got a $100 bill here in my pocket, which I don't. And I was to say, Joe, the Lord instructed me to give this $100 bill to you. All Joe would need to do is do what, Joe? Reach out and receive it. Receive it. That's all you've got to do with salvation is receive it. That's all you've got to do with righteousness is receive it. That's all you've got to do with Zoe life is believe it and receive it. Now listen to this. The word receive means to take into one's possession something offered or delivered. To take into one's possession. To lay hold of eternal life, to grab righteousness, to open your heart and receive the things and the gifts that he's given you. Now look over at John chapter 14. We're building a little bit of a foundation for where we're heading this morning. I want you to notice John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 in the Amplified Version. He said, and I, this is Jesus speaking, will ask the Father, and he will do what? Another word for give is gift. He will gift you another comforter. Mm -hmm. He said, while I was here, I was your comforter. But now the Father is going to send you another comforter just like me. One that is called alongside to help you. And I will pray to the Father, and He will gift you another, glory to God, comforter. And then the Amplified goes on to define what this comforter is, and one of the, and many of the things that this comforter does, this paracletus, this one that is called alongside to help, this one that we celebrate on Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead of the Blessed Trinity. He is your comforter. He is a free gift, and He is alongside to counsel you, to help you, to intercede for you. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener. He's your standby that he might remain with you how long? Keep that up there. I'll ask the Father and he will gift you. I want to just say it like this. He has gifted you and I 
all the help we'll ever need. All of the counsel, all of the strength. He has gifted freely heaven's helper. Now receive this helper. Don't ignore this heavenly helper. This one called the greater one who lives on the inside of you. Open your heart and receive the help, the comfort that he so freely has made available to you. Have you ever made help available to someone who didn't receive it? I see many of you nodding your heads. Maybe it was a relative. It might be someone that you worked with, a co-worker. You offered them help. There was a gift awaiting them. But for whatever reason, they weren't in a disposition of mind or soul to receive the help that you had made available to them. Many Christians today are like that with the Holy Spirit. They are ignoring Him. They are quenching Him. They are stifling Him. And all the time, He not only stands by, but He's in us to help us, to put us over, to strengthen us, to quicken our weak bodies and make us, glory to God, strong for the race that God has given every one of them. He is our holy guest who lives on the inside who offers heaven's help. Heaven's help for parents. Heaven's help for business owners. Heaven's help for when direction is needed. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands and thank God for the helper. Lord, glory to God. Thank you for your help. Thank you for the helper. Now, how many of you know that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is not twins, He is one. And yet, <laughs> He is not limited to one area of your life. He's not limited to only helping you and strengthening you and quickening you and guiding you and leading you. That's a part of His presence in you. But He is also the gift from heaven to empower you and to fill you and so that you may have rivers of living water flowing through you because the Holy Spirit is not only in you but has filled you and is upon you. Oh, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this precious Holy Spirit, this Holy Ghost, is a gift. 
He's a gift at the new birth. He's in us as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. But he's also the gift of the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost to strengthen you and to empower you and to endue you and to clothe you so that you might be a powerful witness in the world for Jesus Christ. I got to thinking about this message a little bit last week and I, I looked at my iPad. Someone has given me the gift of an iPad. Now this iPad that I have can do many things. I can get online with my iPad. I can get my emails with my iPad. I can get on iTunes with my iPad. I can do so much on my iPad that I haven't even yet discovered yet. Because it is a vast, wonderful piece of equipment. If it is used properly for the glory of God. Amen? And the Holy Spirit... Say it with me, the Holy Spirit Spirit. is so much, he's so vast, (laughs) he's so big, he's so good, he's got so much more help and endowment for you and for me. So what do you say we celebrate Jesus this morning and we celebrate Pentecost Sunday and open up our hearts for a fresh endowment of power from on high. Somebody says, yeah, I I was filled, but you know what? You can be refilled and refueled and reignited and refired up. Come on, somebody. So let's talk just a while about Pentecost. What does this mean? Now, God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost for all mankind, not just for a a few. And the word Pentecost means 50, and it really designates the 50th day after Passover. Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, as it is referred to in the Old Testament, What was it? Well, it was a time of joyful thanksgiving for the harvest that they had just reaped. And it was so filled with thanksgiving that it was something that was not out of the head, but it was out of the heart. It was a response to God for these wonderful, precious things that they had reaped. Has anyone ever reaped a blessing from the Lord? Did you know that the proper response is thank you? Thank you. And what they would do is, is they would come together and they would bring a grain offering. And they would wave two loaves of leavened, unleavened, or leavened bread unto the Lord. They would wave it before the Lord. You know how many of you know you've got some hands? Lift up your hands today. Let's just wave it before the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You believe in God for some? Just say, thank you, Lord. Wave your hands before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you, Master. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. 
Woo, isn't that liberating? It's awesome. This feast was basically, it was a foreshadowing of the great spiritual ingathering that would occur after the dramatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' first followers. Pentecost was heaven's inauguration ceremony for the church. In that moment, on that day, men and women gathered in the upper room. Brenda and I had the privilege of being in the upper room in Israel. His presence is there. But men and women were gathered in the upper room where they were visibly endued with power from heaven. Supernatural power. And 3,000 people were converted on that particular time in response to Peter's empowered preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. This, it was complete with rushing winds. Fire. Glossolalia. Which is a theo- theological term for speaking in other tongues. Whoo, they hit the streets. Whoo, glory to God. I got endued. I got a touch. I walked into the upper room without something, but I'm coming out with new clothes on me. Whoo, glory to God. And you can be the same way today. You came in here needing a touch from heaven. You needed some clothing from heaven. You can walk out of here shouting the victory. I've been endued with power. <laughs> Woo! Power from on high. It's a gift. It's precious. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Love's great gifts. These gifts just keep on giving. Amen? Acts chapter 2. We might just as well celebrate. We got something to celebrate about. Amen? Acts chapter 2. Notice with me in verse 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven cloven tongues as of what? And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to bellyache and complain. No. no, no. No. Joyce Meyer says you complain, you remain. But if you praise, you get raised. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this morning when we ask the Father to fill us with the Holy Spirit, either for the first time or just for a fresh refilling, we're simply saying we want to partake, we want to participate in something that you've already given, something that you've already made available 2,000 years ago. How many of you know that we are not beggars? We are believers. 
We are not to beg Him to fill us or to refill us. Unbelief begs, but faith receives. Say it with me. Unbelief begs, but faith receives. And so this fresh infilling is a gift from God. It is an endowment from on high. And so the question oftentimes is asked, well, that was wonderful, that was years ago, but what about for today? I'm glad you asked. Because in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, I want you to look at that. And I want you to feed on this and accept this as truth. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 39... It says, for the promise is unto you and to your kids. The promise is not only for you, but it's also for your children. And it's for your children's children. Can I get a witness on that? Our children need to know about this glorious gift of the Holy Spirit. Our grandchildren need to know. Because they're going to come to a place in life where they're no longer under your roof. And they're going to need to learn to hear from heaven for themselves. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Promises unto you. And to your children. And I like this. And to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So then who can receive this baptism? This baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Jews, Gentiles, bond, free, men, women, children, people of all colors, all races, all creeds, all denominations, Jews, Protestants, Catholics, Lutherans, everybody. Little kids, five and six years old, have been marvelously filled with the Holy Spirit. Back in the 80s, Brenda and I did a crusade over in the island of the Philippines. And it was in Bias City, and it was outside of Dumaguete, which I believe is in Negros. Is that right? Not too close to Manila. From Manila, it was probably an hour to an hour and a half flight. So we landed in Dumaguete City, and then we prepared for this wonderful evening crusade. But we didn't just have night crusades where people were being saved and healed, and they were. But we also had day leadership training. We bought trunks of Brother Hagin's books over and handed them out to pastors. They were so hungry. It was such a joy and such a privilege to be able to deposit the word of life into those hungry pastors' life. But Mike and Sue Bryan were with us on that trip, and they are great children's pastors down in San Bernardino, and they had children's crusades during the day. And I am telling you, When they preached and they taught on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. it was just like a rushing wind settled over that outdoor meeting. Mm -hmm. And little children were falling under the power. Hadn't been taught to fall under the power. But they fell under the power. And they raised their hands. And they spoke in other tongues. Don't limit this gift to adults. Simple Childlike faith is all it takes to receive this glorious gift. Say, thank, say this with me. Thank God for heaven's gifts. And so as we look at the book of Acts just for a few moments in closing today, and then as we pray for a, just a great refreshing, 
this morning. I want to rehearse just a couple of instances where this happened again and again in the book of Acts. And it's happening again and again here. It's happening again and again in America. It's happening again and again in Africa. It's happening in Peru. It's happening all over the world. We are in, I believe, the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that this earth has ever seen. Don't limit yourself just to what you see here. We're thankful for what we see here. We're grateful for what we see here. And we're about to see more. But I'm telling you, there is revival happening all over this world. He satisfies the longing soul. Whoever, glory to God, I feel like an evangelist spitting cotton today. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be healed. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord and receptive, they will be filled with the fullness of the Spirit. Amen? So look at Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 and verse 12. This is eight years later. Philip went down to the city of Samaria in verse 5 and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. In verse 8, the Bible says there was great joy in the city because in verse 7 there was great healings taking place. And in verse 12, when they believed Philip concerning the things of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They were saved and they were water baptized that day. Now notice with me in verses 14 to verse 17. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, in other words, they were born again, they sent to them Peter and John. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive what? Holy Ghost Ghost is a gift, must be received. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In verse 17, then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And then later believers were filled in Cornelius' household. After ten years, on the day of Pentecost, ten years later, In Acts chapter 10, notice with me in verse 44 through 46. Hallelujah. Peter went down with the word. He went down instructed by the Lord to bring the Gentiles the word of God. He was preaching to them the word of God. And someone fell in their midst while he was preaching the word of God. You know who it was? It was the Holy Ghost. Verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. My prayer today, Lord, is that you would fall on all of us. Fall on all of us, Lord. Refresh us, heal us, strengthen us. In verse 35, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. In verse 46, would you read it with me? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. They received the Spirit and they spoke in tongues. And then lastly, 20 years after the day of Pentecost, turn me to Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 3 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. 
Let's all stand to our feet. Everyone right now, just stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. 20 days, 20 years after the day of Pentecost, Paul journeyed to Ephesus. And there he met some believers and introduced to them the person of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Verse 1 through 3, would you read with me? Ready, read. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed to the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. If they were disciples, that must mean that they were saved. Because you can't be a disciple until you're born again. Verse 3. Notice this with me and let's read. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Verse 4. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 19. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Notice with me in verse 3. Uh, verse 6, excuse me. Verse 6. Hallelujah. 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 And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues. Let's raise our hands right now. Lord, lay your glorious hands upon your precious people today. Lord, I'm asking you for a mighty, fresh outpouring and wave of the Holy Spirit in this place on Pentecost Sunday.